sorry I don't love you A phrase I've grown accustomed to Cause with you if something isn't wrong Something isn't wrong Something isn't right Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is back this week. MJ Rawls returns and we are going to be talking all about Jessica Jones seasons one and two. So we have quite a bit of ground to cover here because that's 26 episodes of the show, which I'm sure we will be discussing the two overall at the end here as well. But MJ, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing fairly well. Glad we got these Skype issues sort of worked (laughs) out here. Skype is one of the yeah. necessary evils of podcasting, <laughs> but why don't we go ahead and just jump right on into season one, because to me, this is top two for me. I recently went through and ranked all of the current seasons, and I have Jessica Jones season one at number two, and Daredevil season one only beat it out just because it was the first one, and it sort of set the bar so high for the rest of these shows that really, in my brain, it's a tie, but I know when people see rankings lists, they don't like ties on them, especially for the number one spot, so had to make a decision. This is my number two for the time being, but the big villain in this season is Kilgrave and he's this character that really only exists in the Jessica Jones comics. He was created for her character and just sort of really really put on display how evil he is in this first season and he was played by David Tennant and he put on a fantastic performance. Oh yeah, uh, Kilgrave is like a different type of villain. He's more of a like a He's more of like a methodical villain to me. Right. Like, um, like you know, like you notice in Marvel, you have like you have Thanos coming up, and you know, Ronan, and and they're more physical and stuff like that. And the Netflix universe, like Kilgrave, is to me more dangerous because not only because of his power, he could basically make you do whatever the hell he wants to. It's to know that he has that power, so like you're always kind of on edge like whenever he comes around yeah and he actually did appear in the comics in the 60s in stanley's daredevil series but he was linked to the history of jessica jones in the alias comics that brian michael bendis did so he wasn't necessarily created specifically for her character but her character really relies on that tie to get to Kilgrave in order to make her story what it is. And I'm really glad that they stuck with that in the Netflix series too, because as we'll see in season two, when we get to that, they made a really big change from the comics, which is something that is always going to be a discussion whenever you have shows and films being derived from the original comics and everything like that. But what he does is he just sort of plays all of these mind games with everyone and he does have powers because he basically has like this sort of mind control thing going on and that's how he gets people to do his bidding for him essentially and one of the big relationships that we see in this episode too is between Jessica Jones and Luke Cage so this is how they chose to introduce Luke Cage and give him his own series after this but the two of them together It's like they work really well together, even though they're probably bad for each other. Maybe Jessica more so for Luke because, you know, they're just inherently different people. And it was really interesting to see them together. So what did you think of 
how they put those two characters together and then they sort of slowly rolled out the reveal that it was Jessica who killed Riva, who was with Luke back in the day. I feel especially watching especially watching how Jess Jessica interacts with other characters, she's more cold kinda. She's more um not emotionless because you could see, like, especially through season one and season two, that she definitely has emotions, but she's more standoffish. And Luke is kind of, to me, like, he's like the emotion guy. You know what I mean? Um, that reveal was kind of crazy. Like, I, I had suspected it, but I didn't know that it was coming. And then I was like, oh, my God, like, she really did this. So in order for them to, like, do things together and especially the hookup and to have that secret. I'm like, how is Jessica like living with this, doing what she's doing with Luke? <laughs> and I think part of it too, was that she didn't know who Reva was to Luke until a certain point in the season. I believe it was when she was with Luke and she went in his bathroom and opened the medicine cabinet and saw the picture of her. Yeah. And then she really started to freak out because she had no idea who the woman was really when she was forced into killing her and we also see Luke forgive her by the end of the season two which I feel like that happens a little quickly but because we don't see the two together again until the defenders in a way it makes sense just because of how these shows are formatted because there was a huge break between Jessica Jones season one and season two since they had to introduce then Luke Cage in his own series, Iron Fist in his own series, and then do the Defenders. And I think, you know, Daredevil season two was even somewhere in there. And then we got season two of Jessica Jones. But this first season did a really good job of establishing a lot of the trauma that Jessica went through. And they did that without even really diving all the way back to the beginning of her history. We see they changed a few other things in the comics or from the comics, which the main one is that she was taken in by Trisha's mom, Dorothy, which isn't the case in the comics. But in a way, it makes sense for how they set up her friendship with Trish in this series. Oh, yeah, there's a definite uh, codependence when it comes to Trish and, uh, and Jessica, more so on Trisha's side. And you'll see that we'll talk about that more in season two, yeah. because... Trish becomes an absolutely horrible person to me, but it's kind of like they are friends, but Trish, I feel that she feels insignificant because Jessica has these powers and Trish just wants to, I don't know, like measure up, you know what I mean? Like she wants her own way, her own way to measure up to Jessica. Yeah, and we see that a lot through the relationship that she and that Trish ends up having with Will Simpson, and he ends up being a not great guy at all. And it turns out, you know, she has sort of this home gym, and she really likes her guns, and she <laughs> really takes on the task of being able to defend herself because she doesn't want Jessica to have to constantly sort of be her bodyguard so to speak even though jessica isn't with her all of the time trish knows that jessica will drop whatever she's doing if trish is in trouble and she doesn't want to have to rely on jessica in that way that definitely manifests throughout the series because 
um, especially like towards the end of season one and uh, the beginning of season two, you'll see that like Jessica, like something will happen, IGH, and the Jessica's like, listen, you hang back here. Like I have the powers, like I have the powers to fight them. And then Trish get increasingly frustrated because she's like, listen, like I want to kind of do this on my own. I kind of want to be useful. I kind of want, you know, especially when she starts using the enhancement drugs again and, and whatnot. Um, there's a, the, a whole thing. It, I don't know if it's really jealousy. It might be. Uh, you can definitely interpret it as that. But I don't know. Like, like I like Trish in season one. Like, I kind of see where she was coming from. But then I, in season two, I completely dislike Trish because, like the series, there's a lot of veils and there's a lot of, secrets and then like the, as people start to reveal themselves you kind of see who people f- for what they really are yeah one of the other things that this season does is they well not just the season but the series as a whole is they really tackle tough subjects right off the bat and because of Kilgrave, you know there are all of these assaults that have happened to jessica because of him by him and so not only did he force her to kill someone when she didn't want to, she was raped and assaulted and all of this other stuff on top of that. So it's just tragedy upon tragedy for her. And the fact that she's even, you know, waking up every morning or sometimes afternoon because it is Jessica Jones after all, but <laughs> it's just amazing that she still has this strength to keep going even if it doesn't look like she's doing so very well because as anyone who has watched the show knows she is a heavy drinker so there's that to consider when you're talking about her mindset and everything too but she is somehow a very functional drunk basically she drinks and does her job as a private investigator which is what she's really been doing since the incident with Kilgrave so not only do we see what happened between her and Kilgrave before, but he comes back to the present day and she has to relive this all all over again because he's just tormenting her. And it's something that she obviously doesn't talk about with a lot of people. So the fact that Trish still, even though she doesn't want to depend on Jessica, she's still going to fight alongside Jessica as best as she can because she understands how important this is to jessica to sort of finally get him once and for all well unfortunately they both share that traumatic experience of being raped right i think trish trish was uh a rape by like the the, the director um and with that you see like it's really hard it, well, you, jessica has like this hard uh interior right like it's hard to like get her to like open up and Trish actually does that. Trish is like her ear. Like she, she is able to speak to Trish whatnot. And then again, Trish lives to kind of lives vicariously through Jessica because in a way she just wants to be Jessica. She wants to, there's like this insignificance that she feels and you know, they kind of want to trade places. Like Jessica kind of wants to be normal and Trish wants to be like this hero or whatnot. I I don't want to call like, eh, I mean, I guess you can call Trish like just like a fame, uh, a fame hoarder or whatnot. 
Uh, so, like, they actually, to me, they just wanted to trade places with each other. But there's a real friendship that, like, lies in between there. But that kind of warps as you go throughout the series. Yeah, and another thing that comes up in season one is the fact that Malcolm sort of just wants to work with Jessica because we see him constantly going to the apartment and, you know, he lives just down the hall. So he's always around and he's this character who sort of just keeps popping up and annoying Jessica and he sort of just makes himself part of her life. And he doesn't do it in like a creepy way. It's like he is a recovering addict and he is wanting to sort of get into the work that Jessica does because he thinks it's something that'll help him. And we see more of that in season two as well. But in season one, you know, you can see Jessica sort of warming up to him, but not completely because she has all of these trust issues still. And even when she's with Luke, that is more so because they can kind of relate. They're the odd ones out and no one else can really understand the powers they have. And in a way, they do have similar powers. I know Jessica isn't bulletproof, but they both have, you know, like this excessive amount of strength. So it's like they can handle each other, but pretty much no one else can. So it's definitely interesting how they forged these different relationships for Jessica during this first season. And on top of that, they have all of the stuff with Kilgrave happening at the same time. And I think that's what made this season hit my top two basically because it felt like more than just the big bad villain was happening in this first season the first season to me especially because marvel i mean, I mean with daredevil and stuff like that you do get the gritty and whatnot like that marvel's kind of overall known not to like really tackle like hard issues like that and jessica jones did right it tackled like things like rape and ptsd and like addiction and that went on in season two and whatnot and like you mentioned malcolm who's a recovering addict and whatnot so he kind of you know replaces one addiction for another like he gives up drugs but then again he like follows around jessica where she kind of like verbally abuses him for a while (laughs) and whatnot until she eventually warms up to him but yeah kind of like what you said about jessica and luke you know they're superheroes they well they have like these powers and they could relate to them i mean it you see it in uh like season two when jessica talks to oscar a lot and uh where he like he's like you know like i I just want to stay away from your type of people and, and whatnot like we're still in the world even though you know it's hinted at that you know the adventures have happened uh, even like Oscar's like kid and he's like, Hey, Captain America, do you know him? Blah, blah. But, um, it's still like the everyday person is still kind of weary of people who have superpowers because they tend to bring trouble. So Jessica, especially established, establishes in season one, not only is she dealing with Kilgrave and the fact that, um, he can always kind of like do the, speak and and have her do stuff even despite her power she still you know is dealing with you know not knowing that much about her past uh not being normal so it's like a whole bunch of problems that just converge on her so she's probably one of the most relatable superheroes without throughout this whole marvel i don't know if it's really the mcu if you want to call it that it could be but like She's really relatable, and that's what kind of latched me on to season one. 
Yeah, plus we have the fact that she's still very, very active with her PI work. She's taking on all of these cases while everything is going on around her. And we really get this sense with Kilgrave that, you know, when he takes her and he's hurting other people just to mess with her head, it's one of those things where David Tennant plays Kilgrave so well that he's such a compelling villain and in my opinion, him and Fisk in Daredevil are the top two villains they have introduced in the series of shows so far. And, you know, you have half of Luke Cage that is like really, really solid. And then the back half sort of dwindles off after they kill off the big villain in that. So they have these really good villains and they use them the right way in Jessica Jones season one and Daredevil season one, but maybe not so much in Luke Cage season one, in my opinion. I would have kept him alive if <laughs> it were up to me, and I think a lot of people feel the same way. But going back to Kilgrave, it's just what he can do that is so terrifying, because there aren't too many villains out there who have the ability to just control as many people as they want and we see him controlling multiple people on multiple occasions and you know in the end jessica finds a way to avoid his mind control and that's when she goes after him with trish too so she has trish there either as backup or sort of more so emotional support i would guess and We've already mentioned, you know, Jessica doesn't open up to too many people. So the fact that she took Trish with her or let Trish go with her in this moment, I think that says a lot about where they stood in their friendship at that moment. Even if Trish sort of had this constant jealousy that Jessica had powers and she didn't, she still understood the importance of this moment for Jessica. Well, I think probably the best plan especially with the with the villain here, is that you have Jessica Jones and Luke Cage who literally can punch a hole through your chest, right? That's how strong they are. Right. But you have a, but you have a villain that his strength counteracts that. So, like, he... that That's great, but he could literally whisper anything and tell you to do it, and, and you're powerless. You know, until they, you know, find, find a way around, around it whatnot. But, like... I think that's brilliant. And I think that, you know, if you brought any other villain that was kind of physical and whatnot, like it would just kind of be kind of corny. But but Kilgrave brings upon such an emotional and story depth to the season that it just kind of works. And you mentioned like her bringing Trish along. I think that's where another uh, sort of addiction for Trish started. Um, you know, like with Jessica Hill and Kilgrave and whatnot and stuff like, and, uh, Trish taking the pills, the enhancement pills and whatnot, that started another problem that we'll talk more about season two, but it, it brought about another addiction a, a one concurrent theme throughout the whole season is addiction and how it manifests and how it affects not only Jessica, but everybody around her, whether you're getting all the, when you're coming down from addiction or you're starting a new one or supplementing with something else. Um, it's interesting because as one storyline ends for Jessica, uh, one begins for Trish. 
Yeah. And one last thing before we move on to season two here, but one other thing they do is they try and have Kilgrave turn everyone against Jessica, basically, you know, by having Luke find out that Jessica was the one who killed Reva, you know, he's trying to sort of get Jessica to feel extremely alone. And he even, you know, makes Malcolm an addict again. He relapses and it is not pretty. And you even have, you know, this scene with Jessica and Luke and he takes a shotgun blast to the head. And obviously him being bulletproof, it doesn't kill him, but just the impact of it alone is enough for him to sort of have at least a small extent of brain damage, which then that's when we see Claire Temple come in too. And she has to sort of fix it as best as she can because she's just a nurse. She's not a brain surgeon or anything like that. And, you know, they try and get syringes in him and they can't because you can't pierce his skin. So extreme measures have to be taken in that moment. And despite all of that, the shotgun blast to the head, finding out that Jessica killed Reva, he still forgives her by the end of the season. And I think it's those moments that sort of give her enough strength to keep going and not just succumb to what Kilgrave wants her to do again. Yeah, that surprised me. Um, I didn't really know. <laughs> I didn't really know that you could do that to Luke Cage. Yeah. But I was just like, well, well, why, why doesn't everybody just do that to Luke Cage? He's in the start. Just shoot him in the head. I mean, you're not going to you know, shoot his head off. But like, you'll just have him in, in a huge coma, concussive episode. So like what's interesting about that is that Kilgrave tries to turn everybody against Jessica. And for the most part, he well some for some of the part he's unsuccessful, but by the end of season two, a lot of people are against Jessica. So it's like a slow burn. It's you know what I mean? Like, especially because he kind of comes back in season two. Like you you mentioned that. So even though he dies, he never really leaves. Yeah, so that's a good segue into talking about season two in general here, because even though it was Kilgrave in season one who was trying to turn everyone against Jessica, she kind of does it to herself in season two. She starts (laughs) pushing everyone away, and you really see this happen because of who they introduce as the villain, so to speak. She is a bad person, but she's not quite on the same level as Kilgrave as far as being a big bad villain goes. But what they do is they introduce this mystery woman for a good chunk of the season. And then I believe it's at the tail end of episode six when we find out who she is. And it turns out that it's Jessica's mother because she survived the crash and was in the same facility as Jessica and has the same abilities. And this is what is totally different from the comics because she takes on the same name as her adoptive mother from the comics. So it's one of those things where I wasn't a huge fan of this choice. What did you think of the decision to basically bring her mother back from the dead because her biological mother in the comics is never even named. I kind of agree with, I kind of agree with you. I feel that that arc kind of went a little too long, but you, I I understand because you needed another foil. You needed a, the theme of, of, I feel of season two 
was Jessica running or fighting and, and trying to figure out what her past is. So I guess they had her mother come back even more powerful than she is, by the way. Yeah. And kind of like this Frankenstein. Is she really like all her mom or whatnot? Um, but I feel that I, I don't know. Like in thinking about it, I feel that her mother was more of a plot device to kind of bring Trish full circle um, in this like, uh, I guess, new hero ship. Because I think, like, the rumors, like, uh, uh, Trish is, like, Hellcat or whatnot, but, um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, like, I, it, it was weird because, like, towards the end of the season that you had, like, them go, like, uh, on, like, this road trip and, and whatnot, and I guess it was cool to, like, to have Jessica learn more about her past and, and, you know, like, more about IGH, but it was weird because it turned out... In the, in the beginning of season two, more of Trish's crusade. All right, we got to find out who RGH is. We got to find out, you know, about your powers and blah, blah, blah. And this is my thing and blah, blah, blah. And then it morphed into like, hey, Jessica finds her mother and, and goes on like crusades and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I think for me, my main issue with it was, like you said, it went on a little too long. I felt like this season really focused a lot on her mom, especially once that was revealed to us about halfway through the the season. And it was one of those things where we didn't get that same kind of balance, I felt, with Jessica specifically as we did in season one, because like I said, in season one, she was still taking on a bunch of cases and doing her work. But in this, it's like all of that stopped. You know, we see her with what was that guy's name? The wizard or something really bad like that. And so we see that happen and that all ties into IGH and her mom's storyline. So it's not even really its own thing. It's this thing that's all tied together. And, you know, her mom kills a ton of people in the season, too. And because she's alive and doesn't know anything about the crash really or what really happened she has this longing for connecting with her mom even though her mom has been this terrible person basically and you know it comes up that jessica killed kilgrave and that makes her a murderer and we sort of see this version of kilgrave that is all in jessica's head but it's like she's seeing him there next to him and we know he's not real but it's still an interesting move to bring him back into it because he was so good that to have him in the same season here in those moments it did feel a little weird but i wasn't too upset with that decision necessarily it's just that the decision to have her mom still be alive really took up and took over the entire season and i think it would have been better had they had more of that balance that they had in season one with Jessica going up against Kilgrave. She had her thing with Luke Cage and she still had her work going. But in this, it was like all IGH and then just her and building her relationship with Oscar, which I think sort of leads to a fresh start by the end of the season for her. He's someone she's finally able to just let in like she had previously done with Trish. But It seems like he appeared a lot, but he probably didn't have too terribly much screen time with Jessica once you break down everything. So it still felt like she was spending way more time with her mom and that storyline. So I think for me, that's sort of what brought this season down a notch. But I do think they did 
the best they could with her mom, given the fact that they did choose to introduce her into this season. I feel season two uh, really highlighted a lot of the supporting characters. Um, Like you see a lot of Malcolm and kind of like him trying to find his way, still kind of getting berated by by Jessica. Right. Uh, (laughs) um, Him and and Trish uh, having their little rendezvous, seeing seeing Trish kind of becoming an addict again, but seeing it on the outside, you know, him telling her, like, listen, I understand it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was an addict. So I know I know an addict when I see one and then him going to like work with Price and Jerry and whatnot and him coming into his own. Uh, and then you had Jerry's storyline where she she has ALS. So she's contemplating her own mortality at this point, trying her trying to learn more about IGH. So I guess if she can get, you know, the enhancement so she doesn't, you know, fall into that disease and whatnot. Then you mentioned Oscar. Oscar, like you said, at the end is Jessica's fresh start. You know, Oscar already has a son. So, like, her, you know, settling down and being in a relationship and I guess not having, like, more of those one-night stands as you kind of, like, see in the first, I think, the first or second episode with the guy, a guy in the bar. You see, you know, her, you know, settling down. And, like, because I know, like, you can tell throughout the season that she longed for that. Even when Trish, you know, she had like that proposal and uh, eventually kind of when she said no and whatnot, she longed for like a normal life, which is weird because on the flip side, you got her best friend didn't want doesn't want a normal life. Right. You mentioned you mentioned like I think there's a lot of storyline with mothers here. Yeah. Especially with, like you said, Jessica and and her mom and also Trish with uh, Dorothy. Dorothy just kind of pushes, like, listen, like, Trish, you're supposed to be a star, blah, blah, blah. Like, you got to do this. You got to marry this guy, blah, 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 because it's a great look and whatnot. So you see, like, this codependence with mom and whatnot, like, this mom-daughter relationships in both of them. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier, too, about Trish being raped by the director and everything. And it was interesting to me that Jessica didn't actually know that. She finds that out when we do in this season, pretty much. And it was one of those moments where, you know, Trish has always sort of been the sounding board for Jessica and vice versa. But there's still stuff that Trish is keeping from Jessica. And I don't know if it's because she knew how Jessica would react to it or if it's because she thought Jessica had been through that herself. So she didn't want to burden her more with it or what. But I thought that was an interesting choice. And you mentioned Jerry's storyline. And, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of her storyline because I feel like they dragged a lot of it out. You know, fairly early on, we get the news that she has ALS or we see her get the news from her doctor. We don't actually hear it, but we know it's something bad just based on her reaction to it. And then, you know, you have her partying with all these girls and those scenes just really seem to drag on for me. And it got better towards the tail end of her story when she just goes back to her offices and basically tells everyone what's going to happen, how it's going to happen. I think 
Jerry being a killer lawyer is when she's at her best. And we saw that in season one, but I felt like we didn't quite get as much of that in season two because of the diagnosis they gave her. So I'm really interested in seeing how they move forward with that, especially because Jerry doesn't only appear in Jessica Jones. So it'll be interesting to see if they have her appear in Daredevil and, you know, Foggy made his like 10 second appearance in this season, just so you know, he's still around. So it'll be interesting to see if they play that out in a different show as opposed to waiting until Jessica Jones season three. Yeah. And then uh, the storyline with uh, Prince coming in, like the rival PI, I felt like they started with it. It's like, all right, cool. Like, you know, Jessica kind of has like a foil, like with, with business and whatnot. And then it went right to IGH. <laughs> like it was like, all right, well, she beats him up. He sues her, uh, whatnot. All right, well, you know, he kind of goes off to the side a little bit and, and until, like, you get that, you know, Malcolm and Jerry, like, they're working together. And I think you might get more about that in season three, I'm, yeah. hope, I'm hoping. You know, you got Jessica on one side and then all of them on the other side. But it felt like he was kind of shortchanged a little bit. Like, again, like what you said, like, once, you know, Alyssa comes into to play, it seems like everybody else except for like Trish kind of takes, you know, a step to the back burner a little bit. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, Trish was warning Jessica throughout the season too, despite her rampant jealousy and the fact that she was taking these enhancement drugs that she took off of Will basically when they ran into Will again this season. And she was right about how manipulative Alyssa was being and it was just one of those things where you really feel like Jessica should have been able to see that Trish was right but she just wanted this relationship with her mother so much that she wasn't thinking clearly and wasn't seeing things like she would had she been on a job as a PI so that was something to me that it made sense and how they executed it it wasn't totally perfect but then to have Trish at the end be the one to shoot her. I think that is sort of something that pushed Jessica over the edge because she was already upset with Trish for taking the enhancement drugs and, you know, going and finding Carl, Dr. Carl, to give herself powers. And you mentioned earlier that, you know, the rumor is that she is going to be Hellcat in season three. And I'm guessing that's true because Patsy Walker is Hellcat in the comics. So that would make the most sense, even though she goes by Trish now. It's, you know, she's, it's still the same person. It's just a slightly different way of getting to that story and her persona as Hellcat. So it'll be interesting to see because we get a glimpse of that at the very, very end of the season when she drops her phone and catches it with her foot, basically. So it's just, you know, that little tidbit there gives you a hint as to where they're taking her character. And like you, I wasn't a huge fan of Trish this season, but I understand why they did what they did with her character in order to introduce her as Hellcat in the future. Yeah, I definitely get it. I, I, I in fact, maybe, I, I don't know, because... Maybe she'll be, like, a rival hero, maybe, because I know that, like, I'm glad that Jessica didn't forgive her for that, because I feel that, like, 
with the exception of Oscar at the end, I feel like Jessica surrounded herself with like people who were bad for her just to have someone. Like Alyssa was bad for her. Alyssa was, even though she was her mom, she was manipulative. She killed people. You know what I mean? Like, um, and then it, I don't know. Like, there's like this longing for someone, and then you know. Jessica kind of just discarded her morals at some point just to like have people around uh, and then like overlook good people. Like she like basically like discarded Malcolm uh, and whatnot. I, I don't know. Like Trish is, is definitely going to, I think if there, if, there's definitely going to be a season three. I don't know if like, I don't know if there's going to be another defenders or like maybe the inner wave, it would like, a daredevil or Punisher or whatnot. Um, I definitely think that Trish is definitely going to be like, it'll be Jessica Jones, but I definitely think that Trish will have like, like equal standing and whatnot because they both have, have power. It looks like Trish has like heightened agility or whatnot, but um, I don't know. Like, I don't know if Jessica will, you know, with this newfound life with Oscar and, and you know, the kid and she has like a small family, if she's going to like tone it down a little bit, uh, if she's going to continue being a PI or whatnot, because you have Oscar who, you know, has a criminal record. Uh, now she has like a small family that she has to look forward to. So now you have to think that, okay, they could be in danger too. Right. Whatnot. So I can't, I can't, you know, I can't put them in jeopardy because that was an, uh, that was a, a theme too, because that's what initially, that's why he initially hated her because she, because, what she brought around because of what she was. Yeah, and it wasn't until she saved his son Vito from falling out of the window that he was like, okay, you know, thank you because I don't know what I would have done without him, basically. And she even later helps him get his son back from the mom because the mom just takes him and is going to get on a bus and head out of state and not bother, you know, giving him visitation or anything like that. So, you know, her and her mom do go get Vito back, but it's still one of those things where just because Alyssa does one good thing does not make her a good person. And that's something that Jessica struggles with herself too, because, you know, even though she was controlled by Kilgrave when it happened, she still feels really bad for what happened with Riva and it's something she is never really going to get over probably and we see a lot of her trying to work through all of these emotions that she's having and her PTSD like you mentioned earlier so I think this season did that really well it's like whenever Jessica was in a scene it's like you know it was 110% better than almost anything else in this season but you just have these supporting characters who now that they've gone their own ways basically it'll be interesting to see how or if they bring them back together because I feel like just having Trish doing her own thing and Malcolm doing his own thing and then neither of them interacting with Jessica wouldn't really work for the show. I feel like you really need to have all of these people interacting with each other in order for it to work as a Jessica Jones show. I feel like the easier road back would be uh, Jessica and Trish. Yeah. Because I don't know like that the relationship between Jessica and Malcolm is probably really, really strained. Um, especially with Malcolm Connell really wanted to do his own thing. Like 
she abused him throughout two se- <laughs> through two seasons. Like he would be like, "Hey, how can I how can I help you?" And she's like, "Ah, good, you know, go away." Blah blah. blah. Basically, like, you know, you're fired. And you're like, "Oh, okay, whatever." Yeah, she fired him like every episode this season. <laughs> yeah, every yeah every episode. Like he he would try to do something nice, and he's like, "You're fired." He's like, "Okay, whatever." I don't know. Like Jerry, I I'm not really sure where Jerry goes. You know what I mean? Like she obviously has ALS, so I don't know if she's still going to try to seek, you know, trying to get enhancements for whatnot. Um, there's still price, so like obviously, like there's the PI thing, and and maybe they'll pray up the more rival thing, and then and another season. But it's it's going to be interesting because Alyssa's dead. Who's going to be you know the next villain or the next foil for Jessica? You know, she still has those battles in her mind and whatnot. And it's kind of like what you mentioned. It's like the Constantine thing. You know what I mean? Like the story of Constantine is that, you know, he tried to kill him. He tried to kill himself when he was younger. So you're damned to hell. So he's doing a million good deeds to hopefully atone for that. So everybody could kind of like, so he'd be like, all right, maybe I can get into heaven when, when I can, you know, when I die, whatnot. It seems like Jessica is trying to like, you know, trying to, cleanse her karma a little bit because you know she has killed because of kill grave so she's trying to you know make things right to get the sense of her powers trying to help people yeah exactly well is there anything else about season two that you specifically want to discuss i'm going to put links in here to those rankings i mentioned earlier and i did do a couple pieces on jessica's mom and trish for season two so i'll throw those in there and did you cover the show at all oh no no i so I just read your recaps, which are really, really good, and um, everybody should go read them. But now, like I, I watched it and went on, and you know, kind of took it in, and I guess we get Luke Cage next. I think I think that's the next show. Yeah, that comes out in June. Yeah, I hope that, like, like you said, like I hope it doesn't lag in the second half of the season, like like it did the first first season. Um, I hope not. Yeah. See, the thing with Jessica Jones, too, is I didn't really mind the 13 episodes in the first season because Kilgrave was such a compelling villain. But in this season, it felt like it started off slow and then it picked up the pace at the end, which has been pretty much the opposite of all of the seasons. Most people think they start off strong and then taper off in the end. But this one, for me, at least, it was the opposite effect. Like I felt like because we didn't find out that Alyssa was her mom until the end of episode six, it's like, okay, so why the mystery for six episodes? And, you know, it was something that I didn't really consider. Like, I didn't know a whole lot about this season going into it. I just knew I was looking forward to what they were planning based on the trailers and everything. But then to find out that it's her mom, I feel like that was the moment I was like, okay, now convince me that this was a good choice. And I'm not entirely sure they ever did convince me that it was a good choice because in the post I mentioned, I didn't think it was the right choice, but I think they made it work as well as they could by making that choice, basically. So, you know, it wasn't my favorite season of the Netflix shows, but I think I have it up there somewhere four, three or four or five, somewhere in that area right there. Yeah, I... I agree with you. Like I, you know, like it took a little bit of while for me to like get into the second season. Like I'm like, all right, cool. Oh, well, she has a like a rival PI. I guess that's where we're gonna go. 
And then, like, the Trish stuff actually was, like, a little bit compelling to me. But like you said, like, it's like, oh, this there's this mystery woman. And um, when she goes to meet the mystery woman, which is Alyssa in the bar, I'm like, okay, all right. Um, and then there's, like, constant flashbacks that she's always, like, referring to, well, my family got killed in a car accident. I'm like, all right, like, where is this leading? You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, all right, are we going to, like, learn about her past? Is there going to be something compelling about her past? And then when then, like you said, like, in the reveal, I'm like, all right, we got, at the end, I'm like, we got about six more episodes left. How are we going to, you know, string this out to make it interesting? And it kind of did for most, for the most part. But then, like, I thought about it, and I'm like, why would Jessica, like, why the hell would she, like... Just go along with everything? Yeah, yeah, like, why would she, like, like, are you kidding me? Like, this lady killed, like, she has, like, this rage thing that she can't control. I don't know, like, they alluded it may be brain damage. I don't think it is. I think it's, like, like, I guess kind of her powers. And I'm like, all right, Jessica's pretty smart. Why is she just going along with everything? And I guess that kind of made me mad because it made me seem like Jessica, who's been through so much, it made her seem like more like aloof. Right. And the fact that she went on this road trip and was like trying to help her get out and then they end up at the amusement park. It's like, okay, like, what is the point of that entire road trip just to get them to this one amusement park that she used to go to and never goes to anymore. And I guess, you know, it sort of gives her that nostalgia factor. But at the same time, it's like you said, she's so smart. It's really hard to believe that she's sort of falling for all of this. And I get that, you know, her mom is alive and she thought she was dead all of these years. But because it was IGH that was involved in keeping her alive, you would think that would instantly give her some hint as to, you know, be a little (laughs) more cautious around her. And that doesn't really happen. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see who they introduce in season three, because Jessica Jones doesn't have a huge history in the comics. She's a fairly new character. I think Alias was in the early 2000s, and that's when the character was created. So you have this character who doesn't have as much history to her as Luke Cage, Daredevil, or Iron Fist even, because those characters have been around for, you know, decades. So this show is definitely taking some creative decisions and running with them in a different direction than the comics did so it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out in a third season which i'm assuming the show will get i can't imagine you give that little tidbit on trish at the end and then just cancel the show especially since it's netflix and they don't really need to cancel anything if they don't want to yeah like they don't have to like they're spending billions of dollars on like or although like i'm not really sure what's going to go happen when disney makes their streaming service are they going to move it all over there i'm not really sure i think the netflix originals will probably stay with netflix and then maybe disney just gets to also stream them after x amount of time or something but i can't imagine they can pull netflix original content from netflix because of whatever deal they have. But that's probably a whole other conversation that is much nerdier than anything happening in these shows. <laughs> but yeah. is there anything else you want to touch on that we haven't hit yet? No, I think I think we pretty much covered all of it. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, thank you, MJ, for coming on and talking about this. I'm sure I will have you on again soon to talk about something one way or another. I know. <laughs> Infinity War, probably. Yeah, plenty of movies coming up here. So as always, thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day. All right. See you.